record. I ran into somebody a couple weeks ago on a driving range where I uh, was practicing, and uh, we got to talking. Uh, a gentleman a couple years older than me, around, I don't know, 64, 65. Turns out he's a big fan of ours, loves the Humble and Fred, you know, listened to us back when we, you know, were a popular uh, radio team. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I told him about our podcast. Mm-hmm. And then a couple weeks later, last Sunday, fast forward to this, I see him again. Guy's name is Bob. He's a name to remember. And I said, hey, Bob. And he says, you know, Howard, how you doing? I said, and he brought it up. He said, I listened to a couple of your shows. Mm-hmm. I sort of, whenever that happens at this point in the conversation, I was kind of, you know, brace for impact, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. like what incoming, incoming, like what's the, <laughs> what's the next sentence going to be? I listened to a couple of your shows, comma, and then you're thinking, oh, great, you know. You know, I found it, uh, whatever. But he went right to, he said, he's like, it's like old, humble and friendly. Right back, took me right back to whenever. And uh, he, he he spent, I think he listened to a couple of, uh, of the three that we did last week. And uh, he thought they were quite good. I said, what, you were okay with all the nonsense and the farts and things? He goes, oh, yeah. Love all that stuff. So there you go. Oh, good. It's not all bad news, Fred. So he heard a fart show, not a shit show? Or was there fart and shit? Uh, you know. <laughs> Did he? Make, oh, okay. You never know with us. Oftentimes we'll offer both specials. Right. And some days we just, you know, there's an exclusive <laughs> exclusivity on shit today. Okay. No farts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. He didn't, he didn't get that specific. He did seem tickled that we were still doing this. Dan, I don't know. I mean, you take it. I don't know how specific you want to get with Lisa's cousin and his profile and uh, his opinion of the Hummel and Fred show. It was well, interesting. His, it was interesting. He's uh, <clears throat> he's from out. I'm sorry. Go. <laughs> Please go ahead. Yeah, no, he's he's from uh, from BC, and he's never heard the show before. And he was sitting on the deck outside her place where we were there yesterday. And uh, he was very uh, complimentary of the show. Enjoyed the uh, references to Gilligan's Island and said that he really thought that the it was like a bunch of guys just sitting there talking. And he enjoyed that part of it. So, yeah. So that was good. Mm-hmm. So a guy from BC, Howard, absolutely no relationship with the Humble and Fred show ever. Sits on a deck and listens to the show and comes up with that. It just sounds like three guys shooting this jet. See, even well, that, that's great. Because, but even when Dan was telling me or telling us uh, relating that to me, I was still mm-hmm. bracing for impact. I was like, oh, okay, what did this guy from BC think? <laughs> he probably thought it was stupid. Mm-hmm. And we did almost zero shit fart yesterday. The shit fart factor was uh, pretty low on yesterday's mm-hmm. show, from what I recall. Yeah. Danny. So yeah, but he he enjoyed it, and and you know, and I got to compliment you, and uh, mm, we both have, uh, brought in brought in one new listener to the show each. Fred, yeah, have Fred, you, uh, your you, your quotas. Uh, you need to bring in. <laughs> hey, Daniel, can you just give me like six point three percent lower? Not, not even right. six point three. Six point three. Okay, that's what I've done. Yeah, because Fred's not quite as close to the mic. And uh, Fred's fine, just needs to lean in a little bit. Yeah, Fred, could you maybe do a little canvassing around the park? Oh, I have. I have. Um, I have. I have. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have done it. 
That is one disappointing aspect, though, sometimes. When you talk to people well aware of what we're doing and how to access it, but they don't. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, I, yeah, that would be one form of disappointment for me when it comes to this. For me, it's more like meeting Bob. Not disappointing is the wrong word, but too bad that I met this dude two weeks ago. And then I re-met him. Him and his wife were hitting golf balls yesterday, a couple days ago next to me and talked to her. She's very nice. It Mm -hmm. it bothers me more, I think, that he would have loved to have heard about it 10 years ago. Right. Because he really likes our show. And, you know, the demographic is getting older and older of people that are now very comfortable with the podcast uh, concept. Which uh, leads you, again, I hate beating this dead horse, but for the future of radio, uh, that's not good. No. Because if they're holding on to anything right now, it's an older demographic. But if those people become comfort with the concept, uh, again, it's just more hours away from live radio, right? Who was the first person, I wonder, that was caught doing that? Was caught doing what? Beating a dead horse. Like what? What was oh, that? Right. What was that scene like? Where you know, two guys like Freddie and I, or Dan and I, come along a winding road, and we come around. There's Fred just whacking the shit out of a dead horse, and Dan says to me, "That guy's beating a dead horse." That seems <laughs> that seems uh, fruitless. That seems. Uh, and I'm like, give it yeah. up. <laughs> Dan and I are like walking along some trail and we see you whacking away at a dead horse and Dan seems like, I don't I think that's funny. That's, that's not going to get him anywhere. Yeah. Why take it out on a horse? <laughs> or, or I might say, well, is he beating that horse and now it's dead? <laughs> and Dan and I would then, we would wander away pondering that kind of, uh, yeah. that kind of riddle. Nope. We'd, we'd be going in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We don't want to know that guy. No, let's, exactly. Let's move on. <laughs> we would turn and go the other way for one of two reasons. One, he's still beating the dead horse and the horse is dead and he won't stop beating it. Or it's the beating that led to the dead horse. Are you with me? Oh, following every second. Every <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, that's the kind of thing. This is a reason people love our program. Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto. From our well-equipped trailer facility in the Corthas, across from a canoe hanging from a tree, and from the crappy trailer next to it. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now, here are two men who love a great lawn. One wanders around big ones chasing a small ball, and the other just standing there and looking at his with weed animus. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dad. I'm sorry I missed uh, some of that last part. What I, I do what with the ball, and he does what with his ball? Or you wander around big lawns chasing yes. a small ball. Yes. And he just stands there and looks at his with weed animus. Oh, I like it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. Um, by the way, Howard, you refer to how or uh, Dar- or, uh, Darren, Darren, Dan, Dan, Dan. Dan. Uh, <laughs> Dan's trailer is the hobo trailer, and I've got to say that Dan looks after his sight around the trailer. It's old, but it's not unsightly. I did a well. I did a little uh, tour of the park yesterday, and I found uh, there's a site up there that's just in horrible, horrible shape. 
And I said that to Dan. I said, you know, people lean on you about maybe the age of this trailer, but compared to that, I mean, yours is pristine. It really is. Are you talking about the site or the actual structure on the site? Well, the structure on the site isn't very good because it hasn't been washed in a long time, but the site around, it's, uh, well, it's not very good. And it's owned by a gynecologist, Howard. Um, and I'm just surprised because you'd think he'd want to keep things clean. You'd want to trim that bush. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he'd want to keep things around mm-hmm. the entrance uh, trimmed so he'd have easier access. But I was, uh, I was taken aback. I was appalled. The weeds and fences leaning over, and just it has, it's had no attention uh, given to it whatsoever. And it's not fair to the other people on that road who have to go by it constantly. Uh, but again, to bring it around to Dan, his trailer may be old, but the setting is lovely. Oh, it's pristine. The, well, the situation could be a lot worse. Just so the next time you want to throw the hobo thing, just know there's worse. All right? Okay, well, that's that's great. So Dan's uh, condemned, dilapidated structure is surrounded, <laughs> <laughs> surrounded by... Pristine gardens. (laughs) Pristine. And he's got a herb garden there if you want. Any herb you want. You just walk over to Dan's and you pick it. We had a lovely fire there last night. Mm -hmm. Did you just, when you have a fire in Dan's, do you just pull, you know, bits of wood off the side of his trailer and just throw (laughs) it? Yeah. Although I must say, he has a new structure. It's a gazebo with a yeah. hard top. And he's put, like, uh, strip club lights in it. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's funny. No, you do. You're all around the top of it now. is It's like going into a strip club, you know, when Nichiana from Russia comes out. Mm-hmm. That type of thing. Uh-huh. So, back to uh, what you said about the uh, structure. Like, when you choose, like, you're, I don't know, whatever year you are in medical school and you choose your specialty when you choose gyna- to be a gynecologist gynecological uh, pursuits gynecology yeah. mm-hmm. you know you're set up for a, a lifetime of all your buddies you know talking about your job asking about your job all you do is look at snarches all day long does that does that i mean i know listen they talk about studies about, you know, with porn, how it desensitizes you to the real thing. I wonder if right. you spend an entire career just looking at snatches all day. Is, is, how do you know? You know what I'm saying? No, Dan? no, I know. I know. Um, this particular gynecologist, he's sort of a meek, sort of quiet guy. So we've poked the bear a couple <laughs> of times, but he doesn't bite. And I remember one time, <laughs> one time where... I freak it down on the beach and I said something. Of course you might did. Lead, might lead to a chuckle. It didn't. And I remember telling Delise and she was appalled that I would actually go there because, you know, he's this respectable schnarch doctor. <laughs> That's right. What do you mean? What do you and, mean? She, she was appalled you'd go there. She never met you before. I, I, I'm appalled well, you yeah, go there on day you know, one. Sometimes you push boundaries. Yeah. But So what did you say? You know, I can't. I I can't even remember. Did you say you probably said something like, "Oh, you're a gynecologist. Do you also drive a vulva?" (laughs) (laughs) Something like that, you know. (laughs) Something like that. But anyway, you're like, "Hey, buddy, calm down." You didn't. Did you say? Should have said, "Hey, buddy, calm down. Don't throw a clit fit." 
<laughs> and on and on. Yeah, on and, and on, on, on and on. on, on. on. I'm, I'm, I'm barely started. Mm-hmm. I never. I barely <laughs> scratched the surface. Mm-hmm. So, Fred, when you were taking the tour around the park, do you like? Do you give little stickers? Fred, Fred's approval <laughs> stickers. I each should. Site you should. You should probably takes notes. <laughs> I should. I'm surprised the park hasn't gone up and issued a notice. Uh, clean this up. Did you say to him, "Hey, man, listen, clean up your place. It's a labia of love." Hey, and don't give me any lower lip See? Mm -hmm. It's fun (laughs) Yeah, the uh, the opening uh, The opening to your uh, Your trailer there is looking a little Uh no, I know what I was going to say. It says, there's some, there's a smell coming coming off the opening of oh. your trailer. Oh, oh. Hey, be. All right. Have you been fishing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, look, there's the man in a boat. See? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can have the same kind of fun. But that's it. You, you mm. make a decision that you're going to be a, a gynecologist. You're going to be a urologist. You're going to be looking at yeah. dinks and, and things. Proctology. You know, well, who goes into proctology and doesn't expect a lifetime of shit jokes? No, I get it. You know that is a decision. You know, like it's like, should I be a? You're a guy, say, a heterosexual man, and you go, should I be a gynecologist or a urologist? It seems like a pretty clear cut decision, but I don't know. I guess you look at the time to see what's needed or what's the best potential for income. Like, yeah, I I'm guess. Reading the, I was uh, reading this morning in the province of Ontario. I mean, there's shortages of everything, but there's a severe shortage of dermatologists. So if you have a, a skin issue now, you're looking seven, eight months. You know, and I have them. Like, you've seen my skin. Like, I've had stuff cut off me over the past few years. I, I don't know. I, I, I've, had no, I've had no problem getting one, but there's another job. It's like, oh, every day I deal with, like, angry Skin like red, blotchy, pussy, <laughs> weeping, <laughs> right? Rashes, and uh. that's why you know they say what, is it, what do they say? Dennis is the highest incidence of uh, suicide. What about a dental hygienist? Can you imagine doing that eight hours a day, scraping pate off people's teeth? No, I can't actually. I find yeah, the whole. I, I mean, although that is true about dentists and their suicide rate. Hmm. I wonder what, why is that? Because it's just what? You're just causing aggravation to people for a living? I, I've never really... I mean, I've heard that my whole uh, medical life, uh, but I don't know why. And, you know, there's people that think, oh, I want to get into dentistry. Dentists can make a lot of money. But then mm. you got to think, what am I going to do for that money day after day after day? Looking at abscesses and cavities and, you know, look at... What? Think about the guy that had to go into Phil's mouth for the first time, Howard. Yeah, you had like think a, about that. He had a welder's mask on, a miner's hat, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was like uh, saglodytes and shit. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with stress because every time you go into, I mean, usually the the, dent, the dentist is not the dental hygienist. You're always, mm-hmm. you know, right. dr- drilling in teeth. And if you make a mm-hmm. mistake, you're, you know, you've got a you've made a medical mistake right there's things that can go horribly wrong you got to fix them so there's probably yeah. stress around that all the time yeah here's but a again, uh, go ahead you know it used to be years and years ago when i went to the dentist my the dentist would actually i don't recall hygienists right 
early days, the the dentist would clean your teeth, and then they get into this oral hygienist thing, and that's got to be a horrible job because you're not, you know, you're not making the money of a dentist, but you've got all the dirty work. Why are so like? Go ahead. Other profession. I guess no. I guess it's like some other professions too. Like if you're not, if you don't have the top job, you got to do the dirty work. I guess. Well, and, and I don't, before I read this uh, stra- this Reddit string or Reddit uh, whatever that's called. What's it called in a Reddit? Uh, I don't know. Thread. Read Reddit. Mm. Okay. Yeah, thread. I think. Um, and I don't want to generalize, but over my lifetime, it seems that hygienists are inordinate, inordinately chatty. They seem a very chatty group, the t- dental hygienists. When you're most full of stuff. Yeah, you're, I, I don't, and I don't oh. mind a bit of conversation because I can't really respond. But Dan, do you recall the hygienist that I dated briefly in uh, Calgary? <laughs> yeah, how I actually met her. <laughs> that was. Uh, no, I don't remember that one. No. Yeah. Well, she was a uh, brief. Uh, but I met her yeah. uh, while I was having her work on my mouth. Really? Yeah. And then asked her out. Yeah. Were you not at all self-conscious? About- no, because she was very juicy. <laughs> so I just made a move. But yeah, I said, we, we sort of, and dated, I'm putting quotations around the word dated. It wasn't really a lot of dating. Uh, why are suicide rates so high in dentistry? Uh, here's some, uh, the pressure of being the key person in a small business, loneliness, and sometimes isolation of being the only dentist in a practice, monotony and repetition. Uh, of doing sort of the same thing, debilitating wear and tear in the body because of, I guess, leaning over for hours and hours a day. Mm-hmm. Constant, converse- <laughs> constant conversations with people who have negative perceptions and predispositions to your profession, i.e., I hate coming to see you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, high pressure of expectations on patients' part. Many patients expect perfection every time and often have unrealistic expectations. So there you go. Google um, suicide rate of gynecologists. See what comes up. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Zero. (laughs) But even that, I I mean, it seems like a great job until, you know. Right. I agree. Yeah. They're not looking at porn pussy all day long. They're looking at everybody's. They're looking at everyone, the mom and... What's your, what's your, uh, what was your old line? Uh, looks like a used catcher's mitt or something. <laughs> no, no, was that? no, no, that, that's <laughs> when, that? Rand, when Randy was giving birth. I said, it kind of blew up like a catcher's mitt. <laughs> it was all. Okay. So, uh, but you, what Dan, the, the, the well, human body is a beautiful thing. Just get used <laughs> <I> to <know>. it. <laughs> what you yeah. said, uh, the list of things that you just read about dentists is a list that could apply to many professions. Yes. And I wonder if all those professions that you could think of in that category would uh, would have the same suicide rate if that's an actual thing. Maybe that's a maybe it's a do you think that that's I've heard that suicide rate in dentists f- for all my life as well, mm-hmm. but do you think that's a that's a you know made up? It's kind of a Well, no, I I, I I think it's a I real thing. So. Yeah, no. So, um, but but you're right, Dan. That uh, same thing. Like I, I've heard that most of my life. How does this not deter young medical students from going into that profession? Well, I'm looking here. There, there's there's pretty. I don't, again, I don't know versus the population, but there's pretty high suicide rates amongst all physicians. Uh, physicians have one of the highest rates of suicide of any profession. The rate for male physicians is up. 
to 40% higher and female physicians up to 130% higher than the general population. Mm -hmm. So going into anything to do with medicine looks like it's a pretty high stress. These are high stress jobs. It's all the way you handle it. I know my doctor in the early years was fine, but for the past, you know, the last probably 15, 20 years before he retired, I think his strategy was, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. So he knew how to handle that. Well, he dealt with the, the according to you, he dealt with his depression by just being a dick. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, you know, Green Hornets are parking, uh, parking tag guys, you know, I mean, there's fewer and fewer of them now, but can you imagine that job? Everything you do every day, there's somebody questioning that or giving you shit for giving them a ticket because mm-hmm. nobody deserves a parking ticket, right? No. Well, the guy's writing yeah. it. Nobody, ever. There's always an excuse. And people, you know how often, in fact, <laughs> how scary. often they are threatened, those guys? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. No, I'm only, they are. Like, I'm, they're physical, like physically threatened. For writing parking tickets. Sure. When people walk up to their car and the guy's writing them a ticket. So I, maybe that's why they've gone to this uh, electronic thing now or whatever. But um, I'm well, now, I'm, in, I, I, just, I just Googled uh, suicide rate amongst parking enforcement. And my, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and I'm sure somewhere in the algorithm, my computer's like, mm-hmm. Howard, are you okay? <laughs> What the fuck? Is everything okay? Here's a phone number to call. <laughs> yeah, here's the, oh, yeah, that's right. All of a sudden, I'm going to get suicide hotline numbers. I'm sorry, Daniel. I was trying to make a joke over your uh, logical. What was your response? What was your response there? I didn't have a response. I, didn't, I About, lost well, track of where we were. Well, you know, when I was younger, or in the early days of the Dan Howard uh, you know, continuum, when we were roommates, I remember in those days routinely getting tons of parking tickets. And... You know, and then as you grow up, you, you know, try and have some change and, or pay for it or whatever. But I don't get parking tickets anymore because I never have to worry about paying for parking because it's on mm-hmm. my phone. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant, that concept. Yes. Like brilliant. never have to think about even when they went to before they went to the phone, when you could pay for it with your credit card, even that was clumsy. But you, it was better. But the like, I was parking in the city on Saturday night, and it's just there's the number, here's the phone, and it's done. And you never have to worry about it. What about in those situations, though, when there's no parking during, say, rush hour? That's the only time you have to get back to your car, right? Typically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends where you park. It, well, yeah. here's the thing, too. In, in rush hour, it won't accept your money. So if it's like 301 between three and six, you can't park somewhere. It will le- literally not let you use it. No, I mean, say you're somewhere in the afternoon and the rush hour starts at three and there's no parking between three and six. And you got there at one thirty. You know, you can keep you can top it up right as long as you don't have not, to move. Yeah, not past. Re- yeah, yeah, we won't let you. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the only time you'd have to get up and actually go to your car. For Other sure. that. You can top it up, which is great. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, um, but let's for, say. You, by it, the way, for, for those who don't use the Toronto system, which is the Green P system, the it's basically an app, and I'm sure that there's mm-hmm. there's other similar apps out there for different cities. But basically, you 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 plug in the number into the app, it automatically deducts it from the the account. Yeah. And when when you're in doing whatever it is, like I've, I've had a session for Bell recently, and I I had to got the, it went way longer than I thought it would, so I just pulled my phone 
phone out and kept adding money on the phone, even though I was, you know, mm-hmm. a mile away from my actual car. Well, that's what Freddie's talking about. You can top it up wherever you are. What you yeah. can't do, though, is that, let's say you were in that situation. You know, you were somewhere at one thirty, then at three o'clock went to top, went to try and top it up. It won't. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's what you would have to actually. I'm looking up suicide about. rate now amongst uh, movie anchor people. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. it, Dan. You did it. Yeah, you said a, a session for, for Bell, right? Yeah. Right. And that your son mentioned that the other day when I was talking to him. It come up some it came up somehow and he said, Yeah, I was surprised my dad did a session for Bell given that he hates Bell so much. <laughs> I don't hate Bell. I've just had some long, uh, <laughs> long phone conversations with the uh, the phone company. In uh, did you mention that in the audition and said, "Oh, listen, no, I'm, I did not." I'm, you know, when you went, because, not to, like when you when you <laughs> oh, slay, oh, you don't want to go there. Right? It's, it's well, a uh, it's, it's a like, thing people do when they when they audition. They'll say uh, they'll say slate, which means to say your name and where you're from. Right. So do you say I'm Dan Duran and I have a problem with this company? <laughs> Yeah, that's the way to get it. Yeah. Oh, he's getting uncomfortable no. now. I'm sorry, Dan. You know what I mean? I could be, tr- uh, you know, stepping on your um, livelihood or a revenue. Yeah, your livelihood, a revenue stream. So, yes, I get it. God but knows we don't need believe that. Me, they're never going to hear this. Exactly. <laughs> Little jokey joke. Yeah. Remember, show. Exactly, remember, remember how difficult it was to get two listeners that to talk to a guy in a driving range. <laughs> <sighs> but but. Your son did say that to me. It was like, oh, that's funny. That's interesting, right? Oh, mm, observing. Intriguing, intriguing, intriguing. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get off that. Uh, let's see. We can't talk about snatches. Dan doesn't like that. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some of the other... Uh, Tony... Um, <laughs> Tony... Clement is going to be joining us. In a, a few moments' time. Uh, Dan, will you be able to uh, provide some news today, or uh, what are your responsibilities? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be uh, doing some research here, uh, finding uh, stories to, to inform and uh, further your knowledge of the world. Coming up. Dan, will you look at my power washer today? I keep forgetting. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll hook it up and you can have a look at it. Right. I can see Dan right now, eh? He's just across the way. Hey! Waving at each other. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Exciting times. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, you know, what's weird is I can see both of you on this screen. Mm hmm. I can see both of you on this screen. Dan, what do you see on this screen? I see all three of us on. Besides an impediment to your livelihood. Um, all right, then, uh, Dan Drew, uh, thank you for your service. Appreciate you. And uh, Okay, we'll you know. uh, see you in a bit. Okay, man. We'll edit that part out of it, Bill. Oh, will we? <laughs> okay. Change your heart. Do you remember this song? Look around you. I don't know if this yes. was a CFNY song or an Ed song, but uh, I came across it somewhere recently. Is this Super Tramp? No, sir. Who is it? It's called the Corgis. It oh, will astound you. It'll get to the part you'll remember in a second. I need your loving. Oh right, yeah. I just don't know if you and I played it or like the sunshine. The 
Corgis. Don't K O R G I S. Everybody's gotta learn sometime. This is the part. No, I don't think. I don't think this was. You don't think we played this? Everybody's gotta learn sometime. I could be wrong. Let me send a note to Ivor Hamilton. Yeah, let, uh, someone. Well, I don't think it was. No, no, it would be post. Uh, it would be edge years. I think this was like in the nineties. Uh, what does it say? The Corgis, yeah. They're still on tour and things. Change your heart. Yeah, man. So, why don't we do a little bit of business and then um, we've got a couple things we can run by before Tony gets here. Uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, as we mentioned, I believe it was early last week, Howard and I uh, golfed with Brett Tanner and the marvelous uh, Bill Hertz and Brett was telling us about some more new and exciting things coming to the Chambers plan. So if you have a small business and have considered a benefits package for your small business or didn't even know that it was possible, it is. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Get all the information you need about how you can give your small company and the employees you love some security. Great security, you know, beyond a paycheck. Uh, whether it's dental, as we've mentioned today, or prescriptions, which we mentioned yesterday's show, or therapies, or an HR component, mental health, it's all there. And uh, very, we use this word all the time, very progressive. They stay ahead of the curve to make sure you get the right coverage. So it's the Chamber Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Um, this, I'm just going to take a bit, a bit from this email from Linda... Mallet, who uh, says, I was so happy to hear that Stretch Lab is advertising with you. Mm. They recently set up a business next to my gym and offered free trials, and I was chatting with them about their business and suggested they want they may want to look into advertising on your podcast. And thanks for thinking of us, Linda. And, and by the way, anyone else, if you want to be, you know, a Humble and Fred's sales associate, by all means, you know, send us a note. Uh, if you find somebody, a business that you think we would be perfect to advertise in our podcast, or even talk to them yourself, and we'll arrange a percentage. When it comes to Stretch Lab, though, you can improve your sports performance, reduce your muscle and joint pain, increase range of motion and flexibility. It really is something, if you've never experienced an assisted stretch, it will make a big difference. You won't, you, 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 I should say you won't believe the difference it'll make. It'll make a big difference. And you will feel different. For $59, you can get a 50-minute stretch and assessment. Go do it now, especially like me, if you're golfing all the time or you're just old. And reduce your stress as well. Stretchlab.com. Yeah, definitely recognize that song, but I cannot place it. Yeah, neither could I. But when it came up somewhere in a Spotify or YouTube rabbit hole, as you say, you know, I just was like, oh, yeah, I know that song. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I get things mixed up between because there was a couple years there where I worked at CFNY, which became the edge. And then I went to the CKFM, which became the mix. All of that in a couple years stretch. So sometimes songs from that time bleed into each other. They just bleed into it. Yeah, that's for sure. And again, who knows? Because remember that. I don't know how long it was. That little poppy era of CFNY. There's a song that you would never dream would have been played on that station, but actually was in that little 
how long was that? Not even two years. Oh, when, I think it was much it less than poppy. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, when, when, when I got there, it was sort of transitioning. The call letters were transitioning from the spirit of radio to the leading edge, CFNY, the leading edge. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't there very long for that Madonna pop era. It sort of switched back pretty quickly. Yes. I wouldn't think it was even two years, Freddie, because I wasn't there. Yeah, I got maybe, there in yeah. 89, in the in the August of 89. Oh, yeah, look at that. So right. now, what is it, 2023? So we're 34 years this month when we started mm-hmm. the show. And I left in May of 91, and I came back in August of 92. So I don't think... We and you and I didn't play much Madonna. I don't think we did it because that was the whole point of the chicken meeting was that we were going to go back. Yeah. But you. Yeah. When you were gone, I did. With uh, whoever. Did you really? Right. Oh, yeah. Well, I was there that whole era. I was definitely sat there in the morning and when Madonna was being played. I wasn't that. Again, I wasn't that appalled by it because I sort of understood the philosophy mm-hmm. that somebody owns this and they want to make money with it. And um, this is uh, their business and uh, what they've decided to do. Well, you I were. Two, I had two little kinnies. I was just going to say. I was just going to say. I thought, you know, if I can go on this ride and it's better for Fred Patterson Incorporated, then let's do it. Well, you took the words right out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. I was about to say the reason you thought that way was because you were, you know, a pretty uh, logical fellow, and you had a mortgage. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember talking to people like, "Oh, I could never work at that in that format." And I said, "Well, you could if you, you could if you needed to pay some bills." Yeah. No, you know, exactly. by the time I met you, I'd worked in, I don't know, I'd, I can't remember the number of stations, but many different formats. I came to CFMY from a sort of, uh, we used to call them um, MOR, middle of the road, like a... Yes. Mm-hmm. Was that the format? Yeah, like a pretty yeah. mainstream, mm-hmm. middle of the road radio station. Mm-hmm. Because I needed a job. Um, all right, yeah. before uh, Tony gets here, when we can do some... Uh, some Trump stuff. Oh, really? With Tony, well, because I, I want to get Tony's perspective on the. Uh, well, here's what I want to go with it. Where I want to go with it with him is it's un. It seems unprecedented, but has there ever been anything like this in Canada? And what would the mechanism be like in Canada mm-hmm. if a candidate was in this kind of uh, in this kind yeah, of a, prob- in this kind of a pickle? Because I was reading yesterday yeah. that there's a move afoot by people within the Republican Party who are now uncovering whatever that he could be disqualified based on just accusations of insurrection. Yeah. And wouldn't that be nice? The Although, 14th Amendment. Imagine, yeah, the shit would hit the fan. But it's... um. Because you would think in most countries it would be enough at this point to say, no, you can't run until this is cleared up. Right. So, And what he's been charged with, and we've made this point over the past few weeks, in many cases, no bail is offered. You go to jail until your trial because it's that serious. So he's been afforded all these breaks along the way. 
Not on Friday, though. He's got to go to that jailhouse and have a mug shot and have his... Uh, yeah, $200,000 bail. Fingerprint. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. I'm not sure. I think I, th- I thought I sent that to you, the article about the 14th Amendment. There's two scholars, and I'm not sure if oh, they're... Oh, maybe you did. Maybe you did. Um, yeah. from, from within the party, but there's two constitutional scholars that are saying basically... Mm-hmm. Under the suspicion of, of, of inciting an insurrection, dis- mm-hmm. that, that disqualifies you from running. Yes. You'd think that would be, <laughs> but you'd think that would be, you know, pretty, well, that's, would make sense if you're trying to overthrow the government, you shouldn't be allowed to be in the government until we figure out if you actually did or not. And again, I, I, if you've been charged with that crime, like I know there are others that you get bail and you're out. I don't know why that one. Well, what am I saying? I know because there's other examples of people in and around January 6th that weren't given bail. They stayed in jail awaiting trial. Why is why does he get this break? I guess it's for security reasons and reaction reasons and on and on and on. But it's. You know, he's, you know, he's playing the victim through all of this, but he's been given many breaks along the way where the average citizen would not be afforded the same no. um, treatment. He was whining about, well, and again, we'll get to this, we'll get to the idea with Tony, but he was whining about his bail and, you know, what, you know, making some sarcastic remarks. And I think in a way, it kind of makes sense. He's not a flight risk. Like, what's he going to do? Like, get on his... As he said, what am I going to do? Get on my plane that's got Trump all over it and, you know, fly to yeah, Russia. That would be great if he took off. And oh, I'd love it. Back. Yeah. And honestly, if the plane ditched into the water, that'd be great, too. I was just going to say, too, that you and I started today by going, when is he going to die? Why can't he just die? Seriously. And, no, and you wonder, and you wonder, yeah. like, like we, because, and I heard this discussion the other day, people talk about Biden and how old he is, and he is. And he shouldn't run, but he's going to. But it really is just an... But he's only a couple years older than Trump. And Trump's in horrible shape. Like, shouldn't he be... cognitively. No, well, I I don't know about that. Well, compared to Biden, you know, sitting by the fire last night, my son, Danny, who's 38, and Colton, uh, Dan's son, 21... We got on and we were talking about several subjects and Biden came up and these are two young fellas like a sort of different eras, but young men that know Donald Trump's out of his mind, but made the point that this Biden thing can't continue. Both of them said it when they see him. It's like, how can that be? The guy. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying, just. I'm not just that. Danny says, "I see him. He's walking into something." <laughs> That's right. I'm not disputing that, and and I, right. I, 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 I don't think he should run. I said that he's mm-hmm. just too oh, old no, I, uh, yeah, and right. degenerate. He's de- mm-hmm. but but I also think that there's cognitive disability in Donald Trump. Oh yeah. Whether it's age or um, psychological, but he's not all there either. My point is, at 77, mm-hmm. he looks terrible. He's eating the shitty food, and he doesn't take care of himself. I've seen some of the pictures of him golfing. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I should just say this. I, it, it galls me to say this. Gall? Is that the word? Mm-hmm. It irks me to say this. But I saw something. I was going to tell you this a couple of weeks ago, but I, it bugged me because I was watching some slow motion of Trump's swing. Mm-hmm. I'll just say this. It's not terrible. I wish it was. Yeah. But it's pretty good. I mean, it, it's right. unorthodox, but there, the, the, there, I saw this guy doing an analysis of Trump swinging. 
I was fascinated because there are lots of things in it that are pretty good. Like, it's not like he says I can play and he can't. <clears throat> Excuse me. He, I don't think he's got as many holes in one or I don't think he's won the club championship like he says he has, but he can actually hit a golf ball. Fuck. I think with Donald Trump, there's some mental illness there. Yeah. Like, you know, that sort of corporate mental illness thing that he's evil and his mental illness manifests in evilness. Now, the cognitive thing being in his late 70s, of course, but that aspect of it, Biden's in worse shape than he is. But as a human being, Trump yeah, like, is not... It's not even a contest. Exactly. Biden's like an 80-year-old grandpa who's not quite sure where the keys are anymore. But but right. But Trump is delusional, like psychologically, clinically. He's probably clinically insane. Like you just mm-hmm. see some of the shit that comes out of his mouth. Like the fact that he's now two plus years down the road with this lie that he knows and we know that he knows and we all know is a lie, but he continues to peddle it. That's delusional. But you know, though, it, it really it isn't because he's been instructed. He's been advised. That's his defense now. That's a big part of his defense. No, that I he's know. He's convinced that. So he doesn't even believe it. He's just saying it because when he gets into, into court, he's got to say, no, no, I believe it. I still believe it. Right? No, I know. It's a it's it's a thin thread, but it's something for him. But but before it was his legal defense, like the Brett Baer interview happened months ago. He's still peddling it. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe that's anyway. I've lost track of it all. So um, I know (laughs) uh, the women's uh, just quickly before Tony gets here, because I know we talked about the world women's World Cup, which was a huge deal uh, won by Spain. I didn't watch any of it. I don't really know much about it. I know there was some interesting controversies around it. Well, the U.S. team on Fox, there was uh, people on Fox News that were saying they they were glad they lost because they disrespected the anthem or something. Again, one of those things where they chose to use the anthem to make a statement. The American girls are women and uh, the shit hit the fan over that. I know. And then there the in the Spanish uh, uh, sport minister kissed one of the girls flush on the lips and shit hit the fan over that did you see that well not only that but the a, a good portion of the spanish team yeah last september asked not to be named to the team because they were there was a certain uh, accusing the federation of fostering an unprofessional work environment right that had an as, according to this important effect on their emotional state and by extension their health a few of them three of them that 15 decided not to play for the team Hmm. Yeah, but the it surprised me too because again, you know, you're sort of naive and you're not totally on top of different cultures, but this latest controversy with the sport minister or whatever his position was in the uh post game, you know, celebrations, he walked up to this girl and grabbed her and kissed her right on the lips for a little bit of time. Mm. And I'm thinking, what's the big deal? Don't they do stuff like that in Spain? <laughs> you know, different than than maybe here, but no. You know, the whole uh, sort of Me Too or whatever you want to call it thing uh, plays a part there, too. So he's apologized, and the young woman is was appalled, and, you know, 
Well, I think in some a lot of European countries, you know, you 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 kiss each other on both cheeks. Right. I don't think you kiss a young on woman full on on the lips. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Well, it became a something. Yeah. Sure did. Well, I'll tell you. In who fact, you, it took away from the overall story of just the victory. Actually, well, there's lots of stories around it. Uh, my buddy Grant sent me this thing called. You ever heard of this uh, newsletter called the Gist? The Gist Sports. No, I'm going to send it to you because I think you might be interested. in it. Just a sort of a roundup of sports from uh, not just around the world, but around uh, North America as well. Have a look at this mm-hmm. thing. You might you might want to you know subscribe to the newsletter. People do those things. Um, let's uh, take a second now and just acknowledge the fact that uh, we're very lucky to uh, have access to this character. You know, I think the only thing that the only thing that Tony doesn't like about us is that we won't commit to playing golf with him and his buddy. <laughs> um, it's, it's it's now a bit. It is a bit. I need you to turn your mic down too a little bit there, Tony. Okay, everyone's I, I, mic. I everyone's coming in hot today. Okay, I don't think my mic is working. Now. It's not picking it up. Oh no, it is. Yeah. It is. Oh no, it's working just fine. Clear. Yeah, you sound great. How's that? Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, for many years, our uh, friend Tony was the minister of health uh, for Ontario and uh, federally worked in the Conservative Party to make this country a better place. You may not think so, but that's not. It's not like he got up every day thinking, "Oh, I'm going to just." Tank it. <laughs> you may not agree with his politics, but it's not like he got up and go, okay, what evil plan can we hatch today, Comrade Harper? That's right. Uh, yes. He's also the host of And Another Thing podcast and uh, still with travels. Jody Jenkins. With Jody. All right. Yes, Jody Jenkins. And uh, still travels the country trying to figure out a way for people to. Uh, Start to love uh, Pierre Polyev. And of course, uh, pardon me? Indeed, yes. Yeah, I mean, really, the thing that'll put it over the uh, the line for PP is to get him on this program. But that's another discussion. Uh, okay, and just by the way, I uh, just by the way. Yes, by just the by way, the way. Just by the way, um, I received a text question for Tony from a longtime listener, if we want to get to that. It's very pointed. But I think, you know, we should give uh, Tony the opportunity to answer it. I don't know if you want to do that now, Howard, or after the discussion about comparing our countries. Um, well, what, why, don't you, why don't we start with the first? Well, first, why don't we ask Tony how he's doing? Okay. See that. Right. Let's make sure he's okay. Mm-hmm. Get emotionally. Uh, he's in a, you know, make sure take it, uh, the temperature of his emotional stability. Mm-hmm. I wonder what will happen first, uh, Pierre Polyev on this program, or you and I golfing with him and Jody. <laughs> it's like that that old story about Guns and Roses when they were trying to produce a Chinese Democracy album, and people were wondering whether the album would come first or whether Chinese Democracy would come first. That's right. <laughs> right. That's right. Did they ever? Did Guns, Guns and Roses ever make that stupid album? Not that I care about. Did yes, it ever, they did. Oh, oh yeah. good. Um, okay, Fred. Why don't you ask him the question from one of our listeners? Okay, this is a uh, from a, a man in Wasega Beach named Fred Ball. Oh, really? Yes, he said, ask Tony, and I'm, I'm going to ask, what do you say to a person who has voted conservative for 50 years and will not be voting for PP? 
He has the Trump playbook and criticizes everything and has no policy. Is that fair, Tony? What is your response? Yeah, no, I, I think that if you're a conservative voter, uh, the things that unite us uh, in our vision for the country are far greater than any particular divisions over a particular leader. So that's the first thing I'd say. Second thing I'd say is there will be a, a very large policy agenda that will be highlighted, uh, you know, before an election where we could be two years out from an election. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the needs of the country might change markedly in those two years. Who knows? Uh, so I think that uh, I can be assuring of Mr. Ball that uh, when when the time comes to vote, uh, there will be a, a very legitimate policy agenda on all the issues that are facing our country. Excellent answer. Um, no, it, it is fair because, again, we're not at the election yet and the campaign hasn't started. So it's, uh, you know, let's see. Let's see what happens. We're still introducing Pierre. You, you know, on this program, we talk about him a little bit and mm-hmm. there are people in the know who, who will follow Canadian politics. But I think it's something like 42 percent of Canadians don't even have an opinion on they don't have enough knowledge of Pierre. Exactly. To, mm-hmm. to make a decision because he's, he's still relatively new. Mm hmm. You talk about the election being possibly 24 months out. Let me ask you a question. I'm mean, again not not strategically, but is there converse? Are there conversations where strategically you think, hey, listen, we just tread water here and not piss off too many people. In two years, most Canadians are going to be fatigued of the Liberal Party in general. And much like it always happens in Canada, we, you know, we had Harper for nearly a decade. And at some point, you just get, it's the other team's turn. Right. Yes. Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. And uh, there, there are two different points of view on that. My, my particular point of view is that you, you have to, you can't just say we're, we're not the other guys. Because then it's a question of, there, there's a whole strategy around defining your opponent, right? And and Trudeau is well defined. We can't define Trudeau. Tr- Trudeau's been in office for nearly nine years, so people know his record. They either love him or hate him. That that's that's the reality of, of Justin Trudeau. Uh, as for Pierre, as I said, a, a good number of people haven't formed an opinion yet, and so they're, the Liberals invested some time and energy trying to define him. Uh, as uh, as a right wing extremist or as a nasty mm-hmm. guy or th- these are the kinds of epithets that are hurled his way. Uh, so uh, I think that uh, from, uh, you know, an opposition point of view, you've got to invest in introducing the leader. Uh, and and you you also I think by election time, people want to know if they're going to if they're going to change if they're going to change wardrobes or, or switch cars or whatever metaphor you want to use, okay, uh, I don't like Trudeau, but is uh, what, am, what am I buying here? What, what exactly am I buying into if I vote for the Conservative Party of Canada? So you can't leave that to chance. Uh, that, that's my own opinion, and I think it's shared by most of the caucus. We'll, we'll have to have a robust sort of vision for the country, policy positions, all of that. And, you know, the era we live in, and we always talk about social media, you know, people are painted with brushes unfairly sometimes, and then it snowballs through social media. So right out of the gate, you know, when a campaign starts, you have to deal with that before you can even get to the nuts and bolts of what you want to do. 
And it's too bad, but that's the reality. Of, and that goes for Trudeau, too. Absolutely. And yeah. they're going to have a game plan, too. Uh, you know, this cabinet shuffle, is, it was part of a reset uh, yeah. uh, attempt. And, and uh, there, as you know, this week, the, the full cabinet, I think 38 members are meeting in, uh, in Charlottetown. So this is all... Yeah, there's some public policy issues they want to discuss. I'm not. I'm not trying to uh, uh, minimize that, but at the same time, it's also part of saying, okay, uh, if you didn't like us before, here are the things we've done to make uh, make you like us better. Mm-hmm. You know, which is part of part of politics and part of governing. Sure, and and, be, and being in opposition. Mm-hmm. You know, your job is to be in opposition, is to poke holes and ask questions and to question what the government's doing. And oftentimes, and this has happened with Biden in the States, and oh, we're going to get to that. Uh, oftentimes, the, the, the sitting government's accomplishments don't get as much air because it's not, you know, it's, it's hard to make that case. That's really not where I wanted to go with this. I, I, I can't remember if we've had you on since uh, Trudeau got yelled at. Was this in Belleville? Have you been on since then? I don't think so. So when, when something like that happens, when the prime minister is so disrespected and screamed at and all that, what, how does that play with you guys? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, we need more civility in politics. So there's no question about it. Uh, and uh, there are... <laughs> I, I, I try to draw a distinction in my mind between angry disrespectful people and angry hurt people there's a lot of anger out there but a lot of it comes from hurt a lot of it comes from people who can't afford to put food on the table or can't afford housing or there's a lot of things that are upsetting people right now so i think people have a right to be upset uh and some and they have a right to to dissent and, and to demonstrate all of that is sure. part of a free and democratic society. There, there are bounds, though. I think this is your point, Howard, that, the, you know, <laughs> we have to have an ounce of civility uh, in, in our politics. Ah, but, you know, and, and uh, this is not to uh, defend what happened in Belleville, but I remember during the Mulroney campaigns and some of the other campaigns I was part of, there are hecklers in the crowd or there are people protesting with placards. Uh, shouting obscenities outside of a venue where Mm -hmm. a conservative leader is speaking Uh, you know uh, part of that you just uh, you just have to roll with it but uh that was that was too close i think uh you know uh, i i didn't like that scene i I really did not like that scene in belleville and you know sometimes it becomes counterproductive like yes i don't like trudeau i can't stand the man to be honest he doesn't fool me at all but i'll tell you i'm dead against the fuck trudeau movement to me, that's again, that's counterproductive. That's not helping your cause because yeah. now you just look like an imbecile. And if anything, it makes me go, you know, guys, that's way too far. Now I start to feel a little compassion for for Trudeau, right? Because it's just way well, over the I, line and, and not fair and, and nasty, and you know, and, and considering what that guy unfounded, was, yeah, what that guy's yelling at him was, yeah, the, yeah. And, and you know, and, and of course, being you know a Hebrew man, it gets, it's hilarious to me that they go from screaming that, and all of a sudden he's yelling at Trudeau about you know you and the Jews. It's like what? <laughs> it always comes down to <laughs> the always, Jews. It's at always the end of the day. what I, I thought. What, how do we get yeah. to the Jews in this conversation? Yeah. But when you say it's you crazy. can't stand the guy, I mean like. <sighs> I mean, Howard, I, mean, like, I don't I, I, because to me, I don't like his evasiveness. I don't like the way he never answers a question. And I know a lot of politicians are like that. I don't like the fact that he's never really addressed 
you know, the plight of uh, 30-something years old in housing. He never, he, he just deflects all the time. Just be real for once. So, when you, but I'm, what I was going to say is when you say you can't stand him, uh, like, you know, I, I, have you, I was going to ask, this is a, a thing I wanted to bring up with Tony. What's your opinion of the guy? And because you've met him. Oh, yeah. Sure. Look, um, and it's too much hate in our world and in our, mm-hmm. in our politics. So, I, I, you know, when people say, do you hate him? I No, I don't hate him. Uh, I, I hate Hitler. Um, but that's that's yeah. that's the one guy, you know. Yeah. So uh, there. Look, I just. I assess him from the point of view of eight years now, uh, almost nine in office. Uh, and um, I think there's a lot, uh, that, you know, I love our country. I love the people in our country. I love the, the, the natural beauty of our country. But there's a, there are things that are wrong in our country that are going in the wrong direction. And economically, socially, divi- you know, we talk about division and, and these, these, uh, these guys and gals in Belleville. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what I saw in the 2021 election campaign not that long ago was was a prime minister who who liked to have division because he liked to divide and and turn people against one another. And that's part of his playbook as well. And I, I don't think that's what a real leader does, quite frankly. And I, I've on this show, I've I've drawn the distinction. We, you know, I don't want to get into the convoy again, but how mm-hmm. he dealt with the convoy versus how Stephen Harper dealt with indigenous protest which was for days and days in ottawa too and and harper dragged half of his cabinet including myself into a meeting with the protesters and we sat for a day in 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 harper's office uh to try to hash out some solutions for indigenous people that's how harper dealt with it so that that's they actually had a beef though (laughs) what's that they actually had a beef. A lot of the truckers didn't even yeah, know yeah, why fair, they were fair there. Enough. But fair enough. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying. So let's so, move on. I, uh, go ahead. Do you want to finish? Is there something else? Ready? No, one thing I would say it goes back to the original um, strategy of the Conservative Party when Trudeau first came onto the scene. Um, he's not ready for the job. And I, I still think that applies okay. personally. That's just me. Yep. Mm-hmm. But he's been doing it for nine years. Um right. <laughs> Obviously, uh, the same, some things have happened since you were last on. I've been, I've been trying to figure out in time is now and how many indictments ago that was. So that was at least a couple of indictments ago. Um, first of all, I, I always like to get your perspective because you've met some of them. You know, you've been in, uh, in rooms with American politicians, so it's got to be fascinating to you. And then I have a follow-up about uh, is, is, has this ever happened in Canadian politics and what would happen if this was... Mm-hmm. A Canadian political story. So first, your impressions of the now, is it four indictments, 96 criminal charges, convicted, yeah. convicted rapist, convicted rapist. And, and yeah. pretty much every witness, a Republican. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, unprecedented. I, we keep saying this with this with uh, with uh, Mr. Trump uh, from 2015 on unprecedented, uh, you know, and he uses it as a fundraising tool. Uh I'm I'm really surprised that Ron DeSantis hasn't had a, a better time of it. Uh, that's that surprised me. Although when I was in Washington in May, I asked around to people about DeSantis uh, with these Republicans that I was kicking around with, and they they thought no, not likable. Uh, he he won't go anywhere. Mm. And I was surprised because I I was kind of hopeful that he would topple Trump at that point. 
that clearly hasn't happened. I think he's 40 points behind Trump. Uh, yes. And, and just, if I may jump in, DeSantis, from what I've now, I'm now that I'm getting to see him, because I really wasn't paying much attention. As yeah. A flo- but he seems unhinged, too. He just seems a little bit yeah. weird. Like, yeah, like, I think that's the like, like uncomfortably weird. Like some of the clips yeah. I've played on the show are like, mm-hmm. it just seems yeah. like he's like I said to Fred the other day. It's like he's doing an it's like an alien doing an impression of a human being. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. amazingly lifelike. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Please continue. So, yeah. So so th- that part was a bit of a surprise. So I, I think the only way forward, there is some some polling and research now that is showing some disquiet, you know, do you, you think some disquiet amongst the Republican base? And maybe there, maybe they'll come to a point where they just get tired of it all. Uh, that point has to come before February. However, I mean, we're getting very close to the, uh, to the start of the primary season, gentlemen. And uh, maybe you haven't picked up on this, but you guys are keen followers of American politics. The primary season is very different this year coming up. Uh, the, uh, the Everything's front-end loaded. Like Everything is happening in February and March, and then it's over. So there's mm-hmm. going to be primary after primary after primary very, very quickly in February and March. And so uh, it doesn't drag on till June is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. So uh, unless something happens very quickly, I guess he's going to be the nominee. Uh, that, that seems to be what everybody's telling us. But I, I do detect some disquiet amongst uh, the Republican base who are just getting tired of the drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, they think that Trump is is being persecuted and uh, that the, the DOJ goes after Trump but doesn't go after Biden and blah, blah, blah. But at some point, you just get tired of it all. And uh, uh, that's that. And plus Trump. The other thing that's interesting is Trump is blowing. I think he's blown 40 million dollars on his legal case so far. So he's raising money, but he's also spending a lot of money just on his legal case rather than campaigning. Now, I guess he can do that. Everybody knows who Trump is and you already have an opinion on him. But uh, it's, it's no way to run a national campaign after you get the nomination. But you're a lawyer as well. Getting back to what? Howard's original question was, has anything like this ever happened in Canada? I can't remember. But what if it what if it did? I mean, can you answer that question based on being a lawyer and having been within politics? If a guy had tried to do what Trump did on some Canadian parliamentary level. Right. What would happen or. I uh, don't have an answer yeah. for that because it's never happened. I, I, it's never happened. Don't, mm. don't really know. Would depend on the circumstances of the case. Uh, the uh, I think that in some ways the Canadian legal system is less robust to do this. Like you know, we don't have a Department of Justice like they do mm. in the states. We have a Director of Criminal Prosecutions federally, uh, but uh, I think probably fewer resources than DOJ. That's the first problem. Uh, the second problem is that uh, uh, I I I don't know I maybe the wheels of justice would turn more quickly in Canada uh, perhaps um, but uh, again I it's speculation guys so, sorry well no I, I, I don't that, know no, I get it. and I I always forget that you're also besides I mean, besides being a podcaster a musician you're and uh, a raconteur you're also a lawyer um, yeah well I, yeah. I don't pay the I I don't pay the losses I pay the law society fees but I don't pay the insurance so please listeners and viewers <laughs> yeah. I say is actual legal advice okay the, the same way that I pretend that I'm a doctor so uh, interesting to me and we've had this discussion in various forms but uh, many many political campaigns 
have been derailed by one one hundredth of the scandal surrounding this guy. You know, I think of uh, Gary. What's his face? Gary Hart, John Edwards, on and on. Even now, Bill Clinton's. Uh, I was I was going to say Piccadilly, whatever, whatever that is now seems pedestrian, considering that. Here's where I'm going with this. This because you're in a party and of course the party has a policy so the republicans have a policy and that is to say that the biden government is weaponizing politics desantis says this mccarthy et al jim jordan etc but there's a big difference between hunter biden's you know, addictions and laptops and and maybe using inf- peddling influence like every other you know, forget that Jared douchebag got $2 billion from the Saudis. No one seems to ask why. But but there's a big difference between all of that and all the things that Trump is being accused, well, is being indicted on. What? How do those people inside the party, how, do they, how does that memo or message get out to all of them? Hey, guys, this is what we're saying. Yeah. Well, when you're 42 points ahead of your your the, the next contender, I think there's uh, I think they're afraid. Uh, I think it's you know, maybe they're being craven. I don't know. But they're afraid that if they go against Trump, he will he will rain hell on them, which he probably would do. He would probably try to denominate them or uh, remove them from positions. And so they don't they, none of them wants to take the first leap of faith and 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 stand up against him, except, I guess, Chris, Chris Christie. Christie right. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the one who's the who's the uh, the carrier of that message right now. Um, but maybe, uh, hey guys, uh, hope springs eternal. Maybe it's a house of cards, though, and uh, one final nudge will will finally get people to their senses and say, okay, this is enough. I thought January sixth was that time. You I think so? The insurrection, for a, yeah. For a brief Did moment, it was, and then everybody fell back into line. So. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I, do, I do know what I wanted to say about Canada, though, uh, Fred. Mm-hmm. Uh, that See, Canadian politics is so interesting because we also define ourselves against the Americans. So if the Americans are do, doing something, we want to do the exact opposite because we don't want to be like the Americans, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Uh, politically. Yeah. And and so if something like this were, were ever to happen in Canada, uh, everybody would run away from it mm-hmm. <laughs> because they, they don't want to be seen as being a Trumpist, right? So that's, that's I think, how most people would react in any political party, conservative, right. liberal, you name it. And we understand on some level the parking spot theory, you know, don't want to lose my parking spot, don't want to lose my perk, so I'm going to go with the company line, get that. But from a strategy standpoint, let me back up a bit. Have you ever met, have you ever met like Jim Jordan or Lindsey Graham or Ted Cruz? Have you met any of these guys? Like, Yeah, I've I've met Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz, not Jim Jordan. So... And when you meet them, you don't get the impression that they are just spineless jellyfish who have, you know, I mean, who slammed Trump and criticized him, you know, prior to him being the nominee back in 2015 or whatever it was. Like, they have no integrity. Like, it just blows me away. I mean, can you feel that when you meet these guys? Or is are they just so hardened politicians? They don't care if they look like hypocrites. They don't care if there's video out there of them contradicting themselves. It's just bizarre. And Yeah, I mean, when I meet them, obviously... You can say whatever you want about U.S. politics, but the people who are at the top of the food chain there, mm-hmm. they're, they're uh, you know, they're pretty impressive 
I'm saying generically now, pretty okay. impressive yep. people. They're 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 mm-hmm. good at what they do, and they know how to do a sound sound bite. They know how to obviously push legislation. They, all those all those skills that you need at, in Capitol Hill, mm. they got them. That's why they're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this there there's clearly. Uh, you know, I, I think if push came to shove, if they if they could if they could torch the Trump, they would. But they're not. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like no, they're they're we, stuck we, with them. Yeah, I I, it's and on the other side of it, uh, you, I think you've talked about this on the program. There's some discontent in the Democratic Party on Joe Biden, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. uh, uh, one of our fellow podcasters so with a little bit more of a reach in the United States has has suggested that. The reason why Hunter Biden is having these problems is because there are elements in the Democratic Party that want to get rid of Joe Biden. Mm-hmm, this is the mm-hmm. way to do it, which yes. is an interesting take on things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think when Americans – I know this. Uh, the polling says this. When Americans look at the top two individuals, Democrat, Republican – Biden, Trump, they would love to have another choice. Exactly. And, that, and, and that's what I wanted to ask. Denies it. I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you because you were saying, OK, February is coming up and really everything I know about primary season, I learned from the West Wing. So I know about Super Tuesday and New Hampshire and uh, Iowa and all this stuff. Um, it's it's too late for I think it's too late for somebody else other than Trump to get the nomination. But when you said that, this, the, the interesting about the, the House of Cards. Uh, grapes series, by the way, until we all found out about Kevin Spacey. But anyway, um, he was exonerated, by the way. Yeah, he was exonerated. Yeah. 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 Was he? Yeah. Yeah. uh, That's funny. Um, Anyway, uh, funny, because, of course, that that never gets. uh, No, you're right. Let's just put a pin in this conversation for a second. Since we brought up, I brought up Kevin Spacey. It was Mm -hmm. 28 years ago this week that the usual suspects. One of my favorite movies was released. Mm-hmm. And whenever I meet somebody, I can see by you guys nodding that you've seen it. Whenever I meet somebody that's never seen it, I always I'm super jealous because it has got one of the great surprise endings of any movie. And I won't ruin it for people that have never seen no, it. No, don't. But uh, I rewatched that scene the other day when I was so I saw this thread on social media about the usual suspects and it, he, Kevin Spacey's so good in this movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, you really should. I can see you guys. You've seen it both. Brilliant. Yes. We all want to be Kaiser. So say, right? Sure. Well, I mean, parts of it anyway, Maybe not. <laughs> um, so back to this. So, uh, you said about a house of cards that is there, is there somebody out there? That could come out of nowhere on either side, because I don't know who, because if it's not Joe Biden, is it Camilla Harris? And if it's not her, is it Gavin Newsom? Yeah, I think uh, I think he's trying to place uh, Gavin Newsom, uh, the governor of California, is trying to place himself as the default choice in case something does happen there for sure. Because I think uh, in the Democratic Party, there's a general consensus that Kamala Harris is not up for that for that the top job. No. On the other side, uh, I'm placing my chips with Mike Pompeo. I think that he's kind of around, uh, lurking a little bit. Uh, he understands that if if something happens to Trump, uh, the Trump base, as it is, is not going to go to Pence. It's not going to go to DeSantis. Uh, and he could pick up that base. So he's kind of mm. he's in the shadows a little bit. Uh, and uh, not saying anything nasty about anyone, and uh, he he could come out of nowhere. So put a pin in that one. 
Right on. Interesting. Well, Tony, uh, sadly, we have to uh, say so long. Uh, Tony Clement and Jody Jenkins host and Another Thing podcast. And as I often uh, remark, when you're on and when you're gone, I I just think it's great that we have access to you. And thank you. You know, you've withstood uh, uh, all the slings and arrows of being on the Humble and Fred program. What that does to a person's profile, it's not good. I think <laughs> it's great. You guys are that, the, well, the top. that nasty man in Wasega Beach too. That Fred Ball. No, he's oh not my nasty. God. Oh, he. Is. Oh, he is. We know him. <laughs> oh, seriously. Oh, he. Honestly, I'm shocked. <laughs> um, no, he's a very. He's a very um, he's a smart feller. Let's put it that way. Okay, no, that's good. And let's, again, you know, a conser- he's right, conservative for a long time. So, good question. Yeah, no, yeah, that's uh, there's. Uh, I think the latest poll out had there is uh, some percentage, like six or eight percent, of conservative voters who don't like Pierre's personality and then don't like uh, you know his policies. So. There's, 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 there are some people who are disaffected. Sure. A lot more liberals who are disaffected with Justin Trudeau than there no, are. I, I agree. And, you know, eye-openers along the way, too, that latest Poliev commercial, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, you know, that have accused him of being a racist and intolerant to immigrants are surprised, will be surprised that his wife is, what's her nationality? She is a, she's a she's Venezuelan. An, Venezuelan. An immigrant. Venezuelan yeah. immigrant. So yeah. there you See? go. Mm-hmm. Es, esposa es uh, mm-hmm. Venezuelan. Um, this, by the way, the great the, I know this Fred Ball character. He is very smart. As Fred says, the smartest thing he ever did was choose the was choose the wife he did. Mm-hmm. Then, oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Way above his pay grade. Who's that? Our buddy Fred Ball. Yeah, but who's the wife? Nancy. Oh, Nancy. She's the greatest. We know oh, Nancy oh, too. Lovely. She worked at CFY years ago. This is how we know. Because Fred Ball is a regular contributor to this program and a friend of ours for years. Um, listen, dude, uh, we got to let you go. What should we play? What's a, a good Tony? I don't know, man. I, I went to the uh, National uh, the other night at uh, Budweiser. They were great. You can play mm-hmm. Tropic, Tropic Morning News. You went to the National. The National. Who are they? They're a great alt band. Uh, they're See, we don't know. Right we, we, oh, what I do thought you were talking about the golf course. Yeah, me too. No, I wish. Yeah, I'm no. such an elitist. What, uh, what, the, what song do you like from them? Tropic Morning News. Hold on a second. How is it that Tony Clement is hipper than we are? There you know who opened for the National? That no, night? I don't. Patty Smith. Okay, well, that's, that's somebody I've heard of. Look at uh, us getting turned on to some new alt uh, vibes from Tony C. Thank you, my friend. All right, my friends. Thanks, Tony. Tropic Morning News, Edge 102. That's what I would have said. Mm -hmm. Uh, There you go. And while we're listening to this from The National, uh, why don't we listen to you talk about what you have to say? Okay, Howie. I'm going to talk about the Rush Hireman Sherpa, who will be on tomorrow's show. And he's going to touch on, uh, you know, financial advice and investment management. Hmm. Uh, Do you know... Do you know what you're paying for? Do you know how much uh, they're taking uh, out of your nut, uh, nest? Out of your nuts? Well, people don't know <laughs> what <laughs> your nuts. <laughs> Wait a minute! Do you know what they're taking? Out of your how much? Nuts? <laughs> how much are they taking out of your nutsack? That seems a bit. Oh, I don't know. They're taking anything. I meant to say nest egg. Oh, did, I did uh, you? Okay, all right. Is it all inclusive a la carte? What is the range? Gross fees versus net returns? All that stuff. Again, if you don't have a guy, you don't get the answers to those questions. Nope. And they're all very important. 
because we know there's people out there that take more than they should, not the Sherpa. He's uh, Tim Niblett. He's a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund, retirementsherpa.ca. Some common applications of boron. I found this out at boron dot boron one dot com. Uh, Insulation, fertilizer, silicon, metallurgy. Not 100% sure what that is. LCD screens, stealth technology, sports equipment, nuclear reactors and waste storage, lithium batteries, computers, heat shields, and medicine. Boron can also be found in automotive products like the motor oil, like motor oil, brake fluid, steering fluid, and antifreeze. The uh, number of items that contain boron in homes is surprising. Everything from roofing materials to uh, insulation all contain boron. All of this information and a, and a pretty interesting investment opportunity at boron1.com. Have your Sherpa or our Sherpa. Check it out. This company is uh, one of the few places, uh, one of the few companies that is trying to get boron out of the ground and will do so commercially. These are early days for this company, so a great opportunity for you for some long-term uh, investment ideas. And remember, I'm not a broker, so whatever I say, just, you know, you can't. Or a lawyer. Or a doctor. I'm just a guy from Moose Jaw. Boron1.com. <laughs> Uh, I want to bring up something when Dan gets back here that I have uh, I find annoying when I watch and listen to uh, the news. Um, where is our Daniel? Can you just motion to him to uh, come on back? Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. Hey, no, this is Dan Duran. Hey, Dan. Come on. <laughs> he said he just gave me okay he says he's working on yeah, and tell him to keep his for some reason i got your mic in a perfect place yeah and tony was a little bit louder than you i took adjust and dan was a little bit louder i don't like it i don't like it you know you mentioned aggravation by tv and i'm, I'm still seeing it and how people are swayed that whole thing about Trump, you know, they're coming after him for First Amendment just because he oh had an God. opinion on the election when it's all about, as we've said, uh, the fake electors. And there's news outlets that will not go there no, because, again, it doesn't serve the narrative. And it's it's amazing. Like you're you're not telling your listeners the main part of the story. And it's so important. One of the main the parts, law. for sure, it's not just a fake, mm. a fake elector's yeah. scheme. It was also this, there were so many incidents. They, that's 96 indictments altogether, or 96 uh, charges. So some of it is that. Some of it is, the reason he's being charged with racketeering, which is basically mm-hmm. something was made up for mob, for, for, for uh, organized crime. But it's all because, that comes from the fake elector but, but thing. part of it. They, well, he conspired for. He conspired yeah. to find yeah. elect to 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 mm-hmm. overturn the. That's the part that doesn't add up yeah. to me too. To overturn yeah. the will of the people, like right. Fox is supposed to be this big patriot outlet, mm-hmm. but what the guy was doing was to mm-hmm. make it was to, was to, so that the the people who voted it the, yours don't count. Anyway, yeah. um, it's not what he said; it's what he did. Okay, yeah. that's simple. Dan Duran. 
You know that he's uh, he counters programming the uh, the uh, debate, the yes. Republican debate, and then he's going to do a. I guess he's already recorded an interview with uh, Tucker Carlson, though I don't know if anybody knows how to get a hold of that interview. It's going to be on Twitter. Yeah, so I suppose you could really, but I don't know how many people are going to track that down. Tens of millions to watch the, Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. It's possible. I don't know. And then, I, and then he's going to get indicted. He's you know driving in to get the next day after the mm-hmm. you know when there'd be a lot of news coverage of that election or uh, of that debate. He's going to take over the uh, the whole thing with uh, getting arrested. So, no, for sure. Like he's whoever's whoever's doing that, whoever makes those calls is as smart. Like he, it's not Donald Trump. He's got some people around him that are, you know, dastardly evil, but they're not stupid. They're going to no, own this news the cycle. They're going to own the news cycle tomorrow night. And when you say how you're going to get it, Dan, it. Like I, I, you know, Tucker Carlson's first couple of shows on Twitter got millions of views. Oh, did they? Oh, okay. Oh, yes, they did. And this one tonight will probably get more views than like the last election or debate. I think got twenty. I think I read this or heard it. Twenty to twenty-four million views. Uh, or sorry, uh, you know, on, t- on television, people what they do they uh, ratings. Twenty-four mil- million people tuned in. And I will bet you that Tucker Carlson is going to get not maybe 24, but half of that, at least. But, you know, we often talk like the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, they fill their rink. There's 18,000 people in there every game. But their actual base isn't much beyond that. People don't talk about them on the streets and everything. And this is a loose comparison to Trump. And I got back. Go back to what Joe Rogan so impressed because Trump gets thousands of people to follow him. Um, Tucker Carlson may get millions of people tomorrow, but they're going to be staunch Trumpers. Mm-hmm. Again, what they have to worry about is all that those Republicans up the middle, all those undecided people, all those sort of blue Republicans that are just sitting in the weeds. What's going to happen with them? Well, yeah, I agree with you, except for the mm-hmm. fact that that CBS poll showed him at 60 some odd percent amongst Republicans. They just weren't, you know, doodad MAGA people. Um, but on a lighter note, I was thinking about you guys the other day because this has been bugging me for a few weeks now. I listen to a lot of CNN. I listen to Fox, too. But what is it, Dan, as an anchor man? You'll be able to answer this. If I'm watching a show, a news program, and you're the anchor person and a reporter or somebody comes in and contributes a report to the subject matter at hand, why do you have to make a big deal about thanking them? Why does everyone get thanked on television for doing the job that they're it's like and now here's uh, Fred Patterson with his report on uh, Afghanistan. Fred wraps up his report. Gee, well, thank you so much, Fred, for doing that report on Afghanistan. We really appreciate it. No, every time they do that, I'm like, the fuck is just get on with it. It's killing time. Okay, uh, what, can't, what they should just say is uh, uh, there's Fred and, and, and that's what's happening uh, in the Ukraine. Uh, Fred Patterson reporting on now on to something new. Yeah, we have to make a big deal about how much we appreciate it. If I may, I think a lot of it has to do with consultants and those TV people that coach. You know, there's this new thing I've noticed on sports television, too. Well, somebody's talking, you nod your head like you're agreeing with them. Then you turn and look in the camera and smile. They're coached for a lot of these things. And I'm sure that's part of what you're talking about, Howard. They think the best way to go and the best way to, you know, ingrace yourself to an audience is to be polite. I don't know. Well, I know. You know what? You're right. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's I mean, I would 
That's got to be it because it's it's universal. It doesn't just happen on CNN or Fox. It happens all mm-hmm. the time. Because I but guess I, because I guess not I'm, thanking that person would seem rude. Dan, sorry. Right. I'm sorry, but uh, what I would, back to my point. They're killing time. It's it's a way to you know what's going on in like every anchor has an earpiece and a person's talking to them, and so as a crutch, it's easy to use that to uh, regroup your brain or whatever mm-hmm. moving on and also Maybe. you've got yeah. a lot of time to fill so it, to keep it snappy like it's a really it's it's more it's harder than you think well and in radio you know to change a subject right away into something else it takes a, a skill no, you're, you're right it could be a, it could be a transitional device uh, I don't know if it's so much for killing time, but it more for transitioning is going, well, there's Fred Patterson. Yes. Uh, thanks for a report from Afghanistan. Now turning to uh, more golf news, which would be my anchor. And now turning back <laughs> and now back to more shit about golf. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also uh, what you're saying about being cons- <laughs> being consulted. Concerning the wildfires there in uh, Maui, uh, four golf courses have been destroyed. <laughs> That's right. I would do Humble Howard's Golf News where the whole world, uh, Trump, of course, doing his, uh, was supposed to do a press conference at Bedminster, his golf course in New Jersey. Let me tell you something about that golf course. At 6,900 yards, it is overrated. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's what it is. 13 golf courses were destroyed in Ukraine today. <laughs> that's right. As fighting continues near... No, I know. I guess it must be for, again, it would be, I guess, perceived as rude by the viewer. For me, it's just fucking too much. Enough thanking everybody for doing their job. Well, the next time you watch TSN or Sportsnet, watch all the... It's like they go to school on that. It's just nodding your head while the person's talking. You nod like you're agreeing. Then you turn to the camera and you smile. And then you turn back and nod. It's They're all doing it. They're told to do it. And to me, it's like, ah, oh, man. It's just so not natural. You, you don't... Wait a second. You don't nod your head when Dan and I are speaking? Well, sometimes. When I... When the situation calls for it, but you don't turn to the Facebook audience and just smile. And smile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. I'm just going to be like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I know. Yeah. Here's, here's something you don't think <laughs> Let's about. All when you nod watch. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. When uh, when you lo- watch those panels that they have, those multi-screen mm-hmm. panels, when the person who is not talking, they are coached there. To look at the camera. Yes, of course. Because it's not natural to let somebody else talk all that time and just sort of constantly look at a, you know, down the barrel of a lens. But that's what they're supposed to do. And, and? There, a few of them don't, but, but but most of the time you'll see that. And if they do, if they don't, it just kind of looks weird. But it does look weird. Six people there. But, but, but that's a new television thing, too. Like in the past decade or whatever it was, it's like if two guys are having a conversation, once the guy launches into his point, he looks away from the guy he's talking to and into the camera. Now I'm talking to the audience but really i'm i'm answering this guy's question i mean it's not a horrible thing but it's again it's not and i don't think it's that i don't think it's that new like if because when they when they go to the two shot like if there's a two shot of two people having a conversation on set when the guy goes to answer the question and then turns to the audience which is the camera well two things one he's got to look at the camera but the other guy when they go back to him again not in the in the panel now i'm just talking about when they have both of them you know, it looks weird if he's not looking at the guy and occasionally looks at the audience. I, I mean, it, it is part of it. There's, there is a technique to it. I understand that. Well, you guys would know more about that than me. But uh, Because, Dan, uh, to your point, Dan, when they do have multi-panel screens, if, if one of the panelists isn't speaking, when, they, when their eyes go down, 
it, it takes away from that person. It, it's, it's as though they're not paying attention to that person. That's why they do yeah. it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yep. Even though I, I do agree with you, Dan, it does look a bit unnatural to continue to stare <laughs> to stare yeah. into the camera but they're all coached to do it mainly because of that so it doesn't take right. away from well just imagine you're a white house reporter there's a panel of maybe four to six people with the anchor on one side and there's all these people on there and then you're on the the whole panel is there for say 20 minutes so you're supposed to look down the lens for 20 minutes yeah. of which you may speak for about, you know, four know. or five minutes total. And it, it's 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 a yeah. weird behind the thing, behind the scenes thing. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, the next step, it's uh, so we've all agreed that they're coached. And then you would like to ask the coach why? Like, what is the theory, you know? Behind. Well, I, I so like, listen, as, as far as the thanking, I get mm-hmm. it. That is it's a, maybe perceived as courteous. And yeah. as far as looking down. The camera, the barrel, as Louise Dan said, is as far as that. I mean, part of that is to keep at the allure, or not the allure, the um, perception of attention. Uh, yeah, you know who does it really well? My girl Erin uh, Burnett. I like her. She uh, she's very good at the. She's very good. Well, I want to use a comparative. She's very good at the anchoring, looking, politing. She's very good at that whole gig. Our friend uh, Caitlin Collins. I think she's. I think she's a little out of her element. She's struggling. She is struggling. Yes. It's, uh, I'll tell you, um, what a place to learn. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, you know, prime time CNN, and I know they struggle with ratings and all that, but still to take that kid, she's a kid. Yeah. She's 29. Throw her into that slot and she's sort of learning on the job. You can see it. You can feel it. It's I, I'm not sure it's fair to her, to be honest. Sometimes. I yeah. mean, I know she, she's she's pretty good at the business of television. But I, I was watching an interview this morning or yesterday with her and she just gets railroaded. She gets yeah. she she's a little out of her element, out of her depth in terms of yeah. being able to control some of these people she has on. Um, anyways, thank you for your time. Dan, anchor Dan Duran in this. Uh, appreciate you. Mm hmm. Did he have a news story? I've lost. Oh, no. We haven't even gone to the news yet. I'm just oh, okay, wondering. Uh, okay. We should do Dan's news, and then we're going to talk to Craig from Architect. Uh, la, la, da. Tomorrow is uh, Wednesday, and um, Carla Collins is going to join us. Also, tomorrow, we're going to record our email show. And uh, we only have one more uh, week, so you can get your uh, your emails in. As part of our little contest, once a month we give away a hundred dollar gift certificate to Palma Pasta. Four locations, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga. Palmapasta.com is how you get a hold of that. Thirty eight years of delivering quality Italian food. You were saying that you gave the kids uh, a beautiful lasagna. Yeah, uh, Palma Pasta meat lasagna the other night, and we got a big loaf of crusty bread to have with it. It was wonderful. You're a big loaf you have, of crusty you leftovers? <laughs> You're a big loaf of crusty bread. Mm-hmm. What's that? <laughs> Did you have oh, any I'm, leftovers? I'm the uncooked dough. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any leftovers? Dan Duran wants to know. Uh, there might be some in there, Dan. There's a pork chop you can have, too, if you want. <laughs> Fred, thank you for that report on your leftovers. And now, uh, Dan Duran, let me finish by saying, Palma Pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. How, how was that last read? Was that okay? Or would you like me to do it again? Well, you're a pro. Well, no, Dan's the one who yeah. used to produce me. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, was, should I do that again, or was that was that okay? Maybe not uh, the biggest pause there. It sounds a little uh, okay. too forced. 
Yeah. It was a bit forced. Okay, how about this? Palma pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. Hey, that's a little bit better, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Now, thank you for that report, Dan Duran. And now over to Fred Patterson with his report on Bodog. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Bodog, you know, dog days of summer right now, Major League Baseball. We're ready for the stretch run through September. And the Atlanta Braves are favored to win the World Series. Yes, plus 260. Okay, the Dodgers plus 300. Astros plus 600. Your top three. What about your Jays? Plus 1,800. Nowheresville, man. Mm. But that's the deal. Those numbers come from Bodog. Mm. All right, and now with uh, this uh, important now, message. to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes and has for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lakeside Within shouting distance of Fred How many feet from Fred are you? Mm, 50 And now just 50 feet from Fred uh, Sharing the same lake view here is movie anchorman Dan Duran. Okay, so I just want to give you a, a tropical storm update. You've got the Hillary moving out the Pacific coast that uh, it flooded uh, parts of Mexico, and then there's uh, California, and it's moving on to uh, Oregon right now. So the Oregon Department of Emergency Management has put out flood watches for that area, and that, that uh, thing will continue on up into Canada, but unfortunately there won't be as much uh, moisture left over for uh, dousing some forest fires here and there it'll just be uh, kind of windy and a little tiny bit of rain but uh, the next uh, just so you know the next hurricane uh, name coming up after hillary uh, for the uh, pacific coast is uh Irwin. Irwin is the next one to watch out for has informed yet but over in the uh, in the east coast you've got uh, franklin it's the uh, oh. fourth tropical storm to form in two days, uh, bringing up to 10 inches of rain that will be hitting the Dominican Republic and Haiti. And so they're looking uh, at getting flooded there. Uh, also coming up, uh, there was a, a very short-lived storm called Gert. Mm. It's kind of died away, but Harold is uh, also forming in the Gulf of Mexico and expected to hit Texas on Tuesday. And then has after Harold... Uh, I'm sorry, go no, has, there ever been a hurri- has there ever been a Hurricane Dan? I don't oh, know. I'm I haven't sure. looked that up. I'm sure there's been a Hurricane Friend. And Howard. I'm sure. There's never been a Howard. No one's ever named anything Howard except well, you gotta Google. You got to Google that. You got to Google that. Dan, I'm sorry. Did you have more hurricane information? Well, uh, Dahlia is the next uh, hurricane on the, uh, the East Coast. Are you going to go through the saying. entire alphabet and naming and everything? Katia, and then Lee. You are actually. <laughs> and then Margo and Nigel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is, uh, thank you for that report, Dan. All right. Okay. Um, here's, here a, here's a really interesting statistic about the Hurricane Hillary there in California. They had one year, again, for you climate deniers, they had one year's worth of rain in a day and a half. Wow. They had the amount of rainfall. Let me just put that in perspective. 
What I'm trying to say is they had one the amount of rainfall they would normally get in one year, they got it in one and a half to two days. That's great for perspective. They're putting that voice on. Well, really thank you, Dan. Yeah. You just think oh, that some, somebody would go, well, that's not normal. Yeah, the, um, the, um, I think it was the mayor of San Diego said, we just, I tell you, we, we just, we just don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the storm sewers. We don't have anything to handle this. And it's scary when you know it's coming and there's nothing you can do about it. Especially water. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it can destroy things. Water can be very destructive. Dan, yes. uh, I have uh, Craig uh, Keats from Architect standing by. Are you going to uh, do a second story? Or are you uh, going to continue to name all the hurricanes from the alphabet? <laughs> is, that, is that a well, two-part report? <laughs> there's Kenneth. And Kenneth, there's Lydia. And there's Maine, Babel. And then there's Norma. Norm. Never. There's How about this? Why don't you yeah. look up... When we come back after our little interview here, why don't you come back and All see right. if there's ever been... You just look up hurricane names through history. I guarantee yep. you there's a Dan and a Fred. Zero chance. I, would, I will give you bow-dog odds uh, for there ever being a hurricane to Howard. Okay? Okay. I'll look right. it up. Okay. I bet, I bet there is. You okay. bet there is? It's just such a... Sta- yeah, there was at some point. I will, I will bet you there is such isn't. a standard name. Howard is a standard name. For who? Historically, yes, like Howard's and. But Howard may have a point, though. It hasn't been that long that they've included male names in the uh, in the list. They always used to be female names, right? All right. Okay, okay, see, now I'm getting more information. All right, well, listen. I I take my bet. No, you can't. (laughs) You can't take bets back. Uh, We'll get back to Dan Duran and the information that he provides us. But first, let's talk to our buddy Craig Keats, who's hanging out in his car look at you where 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 do we find you are you in traffic i am parked in a lovely neighborhood in don mill are you on a job site that's what people call it i I am indeed i am indeed and what is the job the job this job is a little bit uh, a little bit involved we're doing the front of the house we're doing a front porch where we're resurfacing the entire front porch and putting in new posts and new railings and a new front door really improving the curb appeal of the house uh, a ton i think the homeowner confidentially is uh, thinking about selling in the backyard we're adding a room we're adding a uh, a three season room so a screened in porch uh with uh with three season windows and uh adding about 150 square feet to the house and adding a deck in the back and new fences so it's a pretty wow. involved project big, big job yeah. big job yeah right it's on. been you it's know, been fun they always talk craig keats from architect they always talk about uh you know things Things inside your house that can improve the resale value, kitchens, bathrooms, and such. What what would you say externally can instantly make the house more valuable? I mean, I I would be remiss if I didn't talk about adding decks and living space to the backyard. <laughs> but look, at the end of the day, curb appeal, it's that first impression. If you are thinking about selling a house, that first impression is you know, worth its weight in gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say the front of the house, if you, whether it's new siding or a new door, new entryway, you know, your steps, your pathway from the, from the street to the door, that stuff can be uh, incredibly invaluable from an ROI standpoint. No. And, you know, pride of ownership. When you drive up there, you yeah. want to be proud that that's my home. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. I get it. Right. 
that's reason enough to do it. So mm-hmm. absolutely. That's, that's, I think where we see the greatest ROI for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, that sounds like a, a major job. And those, uh, th- those three season, uh, out of rooms or Florida rooms or whatever you want to call them are mm. they're fantastic additions to homes. They really are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's getting, for a lot of people, they would think, okay, it's August now, uh, and it's getting later in the season. Is there a, I don't know what you call it, a drop dead date or something? Is it too late for somebody now or would they would they get you your services and start thinking about building something next spring? You know, if you're thinking about doing something in your house, every day that you wait is just another day you're delaying mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Uh, you know, starting now is a great time. I mean, if we can come up with the right designs and the right plan and the right budget, we still have loads of time to build something this year. So if you're really intent on getting something done during the calendar year of 2023, there's loads of time. The weather last year didn't really start to turn till the very end of November that we really lost that opportunity. Yeah, I, I was going to say that too. I mean, you talk about global warming and how it affects so many things. I mean, a lot of what you do requires like sonotube and, 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 yeah. and, and footings or whatever you want to say and i'm you probably that opportunity has probably been stretched to what it used to be right absolutely i mean we can work 12 months of the year our bigger issue Mm. becomes access to labor uh some of our guys don't want to build decks outdoors in december and january which Mm -hmm. is understandable um but we can still get it done if uh if you really wanted to uh, there are ways to pour concrete in the middle of winter. So we can right do on. that. Yeah. Well, just for people who don't know, architect, general contractors that specialize in outdoor projects, that's structures like porches, patios, outdoor kitchens, pool houses, hardscapes and decks, a lot of decks. Uh, architect designs and builds beautiful outdoor living spaces for homeowners, and they're very good at it. And uh, we appreciate uh, you hanging out with us this summer. We've learned a lot from you. We appreciate you guys. Thank you very much for having us. Okay, well, and and just before we wrap up, again, it's not too late. You can get your deck done this year. At least get a consultation from Mm -hmm. Craig and uh, everybody. Uh, What's the easiest way for someone to get a hold of you? Through the website? Uh, Through the website, uh, you can come to uh, architect.com and uh, find our location, or you can give us a call directly, 647-775-9222. You're a nice man, Craig. Give my best to Tracy, and uh, and all the best to you, young man. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. We'll see you again soon. Okay. I hope so. There's Good Craig luck, uh, Keats. Good luck. Architect.com. See you later, guys. I was very impressed with you there. You came up with... Uh, what did you call? What kind of tubes were you talking about? Asano uh, tubes. That's the the big cardboard brown thing. Oh yes, yes, I've seen those. Yeah, where the concrete in. And again, I don't know. Stuff moves so quickly as far as technology, that kind. Mm. But you know, footings. It used to be the ground would get frozen, and you couldn't. You know, you couldn't do that kind of thing. Um. I notice my grass is still green sometimes into December. So, in the 34 years I've lived the in Toronto, things, it's changing. I've played golf in December, not that long ago, where there was a, one of the country courses open, and I played a few holes in uh, like the second week of December. Dan, did you uh, mm-hmm. put on another jacket? No, it's the same one. Same one. It's just the sun is hitting it now. I could probably take it off because it's just warmed up a bit. No, I just oh, wasn't it's sure here now. 
It's yeah. lovely. Look at that. I know you guys were. It's, it's amazing. I know you were both freaking out about it being ten degrees. What is it now? It's, uh, do you want a weather update? Or uh, yeah, absolutely. Of course I do. Give you one. And, and you know what? Give me the update, and then I'm going to thank you for the update. Do you want a three-day air? Or, uh, um, no, I can do with just 24 hours. It's fine. Give me the hourly. Oh, <laughs> Just go every hour. <laughs> Talk about filling time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 14 degrees now, Howard. It's going to be a high of 25. Feels like 27 today here in uh, Burley Falls. Mm-hmm. I just realized uh, this is stupid, but I uh, was going to drop something off at your house today, and I realized you're not there because you're at the lake. Of course, I've been talking to you since seven o'clock, and I'm, I know you're at the lake. But I thought, oh, I'm heading up there to drop Stan off, and I should drop oh, a thing well, you off. Can tuck it somewhere. I don't want to go in my backyard and put it somewhere. I don't want to because I like I like dropping things off when I can visit with you. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll do it you next. You can have a swim. You and Stan could have a swim. And <laughs> Are you going to be uh, there next Monday? This coming Monday? Yeah. The, well, next Monday. The week from yesterday. The so next Monday on the calendar. Like four days. Okay. okay. Yeah. The, four right. days. It's not. It's six days. Are we sure what Monday we're talking about here? Because I want to be there. <laughs> Monday the 28th. Oh, yeah. I think so. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that, that I may be coming back here on that day, but in the morning, yeah, yeah. This whole as show. long as we're talking about the right day, the right <laughs> this whole show is like filler. <laughs> uh, thanks to uh, Tony Clement, lots of reaction uh, to Tony whenever he's on, and uh, we appreciate uh, the Keats and Architect uh, Dan Duran. Uh, where will we find you today? Well, wait a minute. Didn't you ask me to do some research? Oh, right, right. Yes. right. <laughs> Sorry, that was eight minutes ago. I forgot already. All right. Well, okay. So we've all had hurricanes. And, no way. Uh, I knew. Yes. You did. I held my bet. Fred wins. So Hurricane Howard happened in 2022, August from 6 until 10. Uh, 600 nautical miles west of the southern tip of Baja, California. It did not cause any damage. There was a Hurricane Daniel, the second strongest hurricane of the 2006 Pacific hurricane season, affected Hawaii late in its lifetime. And Tropical Storm Fred was a strong tropical uh, storm in August of 2021. The damage was $1.3 billion, just so you know. Well, I am surprised but impressed by your research. We want to thank Dan Duran for being on the set with us this morning. Dan, a great job. That, those are relatively... Recent history too, like yeah, but twenty twenty one. It is like recent now. Yeah, but history. not not every hurricane like gets Hillary or gets the attention because of the destructive nature of it. I am yeah, surprised. Your, though. Yours sounded like a bit of a pussy. Mine was a fucking hurricane. <laughs> fucking three day event didn't do shit. Mine was one point three billion. Now there is a hurricane oh, yeah. <laughs> to be proud of. Uh, you have a really manly hurricane. <laughs> Yeah. Yours was this yours, wimpy little your, thing. Your hurricane sounded like a little pussy hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. Uh, Dan, thank you very much uh, for everything you do. And uh, we will have, uh, I mentioned uh, Carla Collins tomorrow. And then, of course, your emails. You'll hear about them on Thursday. Uh, Daniel? 
This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. Hey, Palma Pasta provides the prize for our email show. Once a month, we give it away, but every week we have it on Thursday. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. So tell us what you think. Liking, subscribing really does help us out. Yes, other people uh, listening, watching this show, so does writing reviews. So keep it up. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Durant. And thanks to Howard for running the show today, as always. And uh, to Fred. Thank you to Fred for his comments and participation as well. Mm. And enjoy every goddamn day. Fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that?